I like, I don't have a problem with the way Donald Trump gets his money. I have a problem with his supporters then blaming me because they're broke, you know? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you're the ones handing over money hand over fist. Right. Right. For a guy that does nothing for you. Like I said, Kentucky, 200 miles of tornado. Donald Trump didn't offer anything to those people. He didn't go and hold a rally. He didn't offer them free tickets or their money back, but he did send an email saying, Hey, supporters, don't forget to give me money this month. And so he's disgusting. But if people want to follow that, that's gross. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. A way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Franklin, I know we've got to do something. Do something. So I was listening to a show, and the librarian of Congress was talking about this situation where a Massachusetts senator was sitting doing his work in the chambers and two South Carolina senators and a Georgia senator came and blocked the doors while one South Carolina guy beat the Massachusetts senator with a cane until it broke and it was this whole thing about how he was like a hero in the south and he was a villain in the north But then she went on to say that people actually were buying canes so that they could go after other anti-slavery officials like Seward. And I was like, what the fuck did she just say? You know, like, and that made me really proud, really proud to know you, Jeffrey. Like your ancestor was on a hit list for being Mm -hmm. against slavery in 1961. And he served as secretary. uh, 1860. And he served like 1861 to 1868. He did the full term. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's so cool. Like he was on the right side of history, but we've been fighting that ever since, you know? Well, and that's, and that's the thing is, is that Seward, you know, William Henry Seward had zero tolerance for bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, and when it came to slavery, he's got some great arguments. <clears throat> uh, I've got some, I've got some fantastic quotes from him. Uh, like for example, uh, you know, when, when talking about, you know, how bad slavery is, one of the things he said was, is that, you know, you, you cannot, you cannot claim to own man as property, but then claim to say that all men are the children of God. If that is the case, you know, your argument doesn't stand. I I, I'll have to look up some of these quotes. I know there was, I know there was another one where you go to people where the fight is, you can't fight them. That's what we don't realize these days. We stand there and go, no abortion, no abortion. Yes. Abortion. Yes. Abortion. Nobody meets each other where the argument is, you know? So I love the fact that he did that. He went right at their religion, you know, like this Mm -hmm. is who you are. Right. Then it doesn't make sense. I love doing that. Yep. And, and that's, you know, and that's ultimate and ultimately, you know, uh, Lincoln won the party nomination over Seward because Seward was so 
Actual. vocal about uh he was so vocal about being anti-slavery uh, and that's and and you know what that's you know I, i've got a long history of of you know being like you know what I, I get it this is a popularity contest and something i'm saying isn't popular so when it came down to you know when it came down to him you know saying a lot of these things it was really truly because he thought the institution was disgusting but he also, you know, he also was someone who saw how the world was shifting. You know, he was watching as places like Mexico and Spain and Britain and Germany and France were moving away from slavery and flat out, uh, you know, outlawing it. Britain at that time had also created, started to create hunter ships, uh, hunter squads, where they were literally hunting down uh, slaver ships. And they would literally, you know, if they would literally commandeer the ship and, and either arrest the crew or maybe kill them. So, I mean, at this point, slavery was so unpopular, yet the United States was holding on to it so dearly. And Seward had had enough. He had had enough for a long time. In fact, if, if I remember correctly, I there were some quotes that I had seen from him going back to about, I want to say, like the 1840s. 1830s even maybe like the late 1830s where he was arguing against slavery so so it was a position he had for a very long time it wasn't like this wasn't something that he was you know running you know to be popular with right. it was a position that he held for a very long time yeah in those days you weren't running to be popular on anti-slavery you, know <clears throat> I mean? you know and for him it was that you know uh he it was a cross it, it was a hill he was willing to die on and almost did mm. um yeah, enough. he almost got beaten by a cane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, well, he, he almost. Well, I know that they were uh, the night that they killed Lincoln. They were looking for him too. That's right. Does that remind you of anything? <clears throat> One six. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh wow, that mm, painful. Memory right, there. and it's I, an, I, it's it's just amazing that he was more enlightened in 1861 than the entire Republican Party is today. <laughs> <laughs> like some of these issues, like. Like, you know, I get it. Like some of my positions are not popular and then, you know, that's fine. You know, know. it's consider, I call it family tradition to have a logical opinion on something and have it not be popular and be like, fuck it. I'm willing to die on this hill. I was, I was amazed that I was like, how do we both say, stay so in the center in politics when I don't like anything about the Republican Party. And I think what pushes me to the center is the what I don't like about the Democrats. <laughs> no, it's really what and it boils down it's to. It's me wishing Republicans went back to more of a classic Republican or even mm-hmm. a progressive Republican. We had an episode about that. Like, why is a progressive Republican out of the question? <laughs> you, know? you know, we can we can move the needle on a lot of things and mm-hmm. still be fiscally responsible with it. I think that I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think it's something that, you know, we really need to look at doing. But yeah. the the fact of the matter is, is that there's a line that they have to you know, balance on and, you know, a dick or two that they have to suck in order to, yeah. you know, keep their popularity within the party. But the reality is, is that, you know, a lot of these things that, you know, the, the, the Democrats or the progressives want to do, they're, they're things that you can absolutely do. I just don't think they got the math right on it. And I think that there's a better way to do it. And, and, you know, also vice versa. There are things that the Republicans want to do that the Democrats don't want to do. And I think that the Republicans got the math right on. Yeah. 
the, the reality is, is that both of them tend to just lean on this institution of government in order to get it done. Yeah. And it's not very good. It's the way that they're looking at it is not exactly a brilliant idea. No, I mean, you need to bring the filibuster back to a talking filibuster because I want to see those debates in the Senate. Like I want to, I want you to put forward paid family leave. And then I want to see the, the, the debate on it. You know, I want to see 50 people given their chance to say something about it. And I want to vote. And then I want the people to see all of this. Like, that's the problem is they, they did this, they changed it. And now everything happens in a room between two people behind the scenes instead of a hundred senators. That kind of sucks. Cause now you just either have to back the norm or be opposed to it. It doesn't leave like the people giving Joe Manchin all this power aren't the Democrats, it's the Republicans. But Lisa Markowski says, hey, guess what? I'm for voting reform, and guess who loses power? Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema. And if Mitt Romney was like, how about if we just change this and I'm on board? Guess who has power? Not Joe Manchin. <laughs> you know? well, that's, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, you look at what the Republicans are willing to put forward and there's some there's some things that are that make sense like for mm -hmm. example the the electoral count the, the that 1887 law and i'm watching a bunch of you know people on the left go and i'm going you wait so they're willing to put forth an issue that they know could affect them that yeah. has affected you and you aren't willing to take that up you right. realize how insane you look like this is an actual really great reform uh, reform to define the, what the role of the vice president and the Congress is. So you don't have this fucking theater that happened on one six. Yeah. You literally, your job is to just count the fucking votes that the state sent period end of story. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the Senate and house, they've passed like 20, 20 bills. I'm estimating here. They've passed bipartisan things. It just doesn't get the news cycle. It's not, it's not, it's not going to get the news cycle to see that we're making progress at anything. It's just that we're slipping back. Oh my God, we're slipping back. Donate, watch, pay attention. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to realize this is the new normal. If you're willing to accept it, you know? Yep. And the reality is, is that 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 law makes sense and mcconnell knows that it makes sense because mm -hmm. mcconnell knows that you know if something were to happen and the house and the senate you know were split again but you know let's say vice versa and you had a republican coming into office that all of a sudden this could be a royal shit show yeah. where you know like especially with you know you know having uh harris as the head of the senate right now uh-huh could you imagine that? Could yeah. you imagine the bullets that would be sweating as they would be sweating as Democrat after Democrat lined up to try and contest the election? And here's yeah. the thing. This is that when Donald Trump got elected, you saw that contest from from representatives. The difference Minim was minimally, minimally. But the difference was, is that the Democrats, you know, they didn't have anybody sign on to, mm -hmm. you know, contest the results. Right. The issue at hand was, you know. Donald Trump lost the popular election, won the electoral college. And the issue at hand was that all of the people that were contesting the results, they weren't contesting the results of their own states. That's right. But it, there's a difference between Maxine Waters venting and um, Ted Cruz being a part of a plan to actually accomplish something. Oh, and then, and, 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 but here's my argument is, is that what the Democrats did open the door for one six to happen in terms oh, yeah, of yeah, how yeah. they, it's like, look, 
They began the evolution of the process that's exactly. going to make Joe Biden so scared that Republicans have a lock on the voting process that he himself denies the results of the next election to stay in power. Absolutely. <laughs> it absolutely created the evolution of it. Yeah. It's like, I get it. Nobody wanted Donald Trump. You know, nobody, nobody with a brain cell that was firing wanted Donald Trump to win that election. Right. And if you went based on popular vote, he did. And so I have to say to the Republican people that, you know, have listened or watched or heard anything, it shouldn't surprise you that a person who lost the popular vote the first time around really lost the popular vote the second time around when he was right. doing a bunch of dumb shit. Honestly, but, we all thought he was going to have a cabinet that would keep him in check like Ronald Reagan. You know, well, he, he might did. get out once in a while. He might say stupid things once in a while, but he's going to adhere to the norm of government. And Trump just didn't. He, he was like, I don't listen to anybody. And that's what happened is, and then that's when the cabinets, that's when their cabinet was always like, nah, yeah. fuck it. I'm out. And you just watch this revolving door of people coming in and leaving. Mm -hmm. Like the dude had more acting position heads than anybody else. Right. Cause he didn't need to get them approved that way, but he had Linda McMahon the whole time. Didn't he? Almost. I want to say almost the whole time. Man, I've been watching the show dude and it is called the dark side of the ring. And it's all about like the behind the scenes of professional wrestling. I don't know. I used to get into like wrestling when it was Hulk Hogan and Ricky, the dragon steamboat and Jake, the snake, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. And they brought something like Donald Trump was in one of the episodes briefly when Vince McMahon became a wrestler and then Donald Trump came in and they they're talking about this thing called cafe which is like a circus term saying, don't give away the secrets. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it made me just realize that Donald Trump might be disjointed from the, the role of president as a job because he was kayfabing, kayfabing the role of president. Like he went into his wrestler mode and it was an adversary. And he just was so happy that his character was getting so much feedback. You know? <laughs> look, if you look at yourself as an evil wrestler president, then yes, what he was getting, he loves. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is that we were pretty much at a idiocracy. Yes. Yes. But I it mean, made me, it made me also think that if Vince, Vince McMahon, like wrote a script in which Donald Trump and Joe Biden got in the ring and Joe Biden won, Donald Trump might just be like, all right, you know, you kayfate me in the right direction. <laughs> you wrote a, you wrote me out fair and square. That's how wrestling is. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is that we're, we're one wrestling match away from Terry Cruz as Camacho as president. That could be, that could be, I mean, could, could be worse, I suppose. <laughs> not sure I how. Just, it made me realize that the person, the persona he used as president is almost exactly the same as the persona he used in wrestling, you know, and everybody behind the scenes says Trump's a really nice guy. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know how he could be. And like, he just seems like an aggrieved dementia ridden old man to me personally. And that's not to knock anybody with dementia. I just think I see the signs, you know what I mean? Going backwards in your beliefs and memories and attacking people for long time things that went wrong. You know, he's just racist because he was racist when he was 30, you know, <laughs> his dementia brought him back there. That's my theory on him. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
I think, I think, I think it's, you know, the dude is literally a narcissist who Mm. loves attention, whether it's good or bad. And so the, but what he wants is just more. And that's pretty much all his, that's what his factor was. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when I would just like, you know, something would come up and I'd be like, is this going to make for a really good story? Yeah. Fuck it. Okay. I guess I'm in. Nice. And it's not that I really gave a shit about what I was doing. It was that I right. knew that it was going to be hilarious when I told it later. Right. Not the best way to live your life. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I debated some guy because I was drunk for hours about libertarianism. He was like a libertarian and I just was drunk. And I, and I was just like, he's like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I want everyone to work for the government. And he was, his mind exploded. Now that isn't my belief. You know what I mean? But right. For for an hour and an hour and a half, I just made him believe I was the most radical, weird, fucking liberal progressive on the planet. Because I can be, I can discuss things that way. I can discuss things in a conservative way or a liberal way. But it just blew his mind when I was like, "Well, I think everybody should work for the government, like a universal benefit." You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't understand why you pay people that are disabled and collect data on people that are disabled and give them a hard time for not being employed, but also don't give them any mechanisms to find employment when you know everything about them. Like I'm working for the government. They pay me every month. I could do something for them. They don't want me to because I'm disabled. That seems stupid to me. I think we should work for the government if we're going to make money off the government. I think if you're going to collect welfare, you should have a job tracing and tracking. You know what I mean? There's, 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 I guarantee you there's something out there that can be done and Mm -hmm. fuck it. Why not? Why why not? There are useful things out there that people, anybody can do. There just hasn't been a lot of really great work on trying to figure out what that is. Right. Well, it's better to demonize people that don't work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. that's pretty sad it oh. is let's see so i could go on to something that's been grinding my gears let me see Ooh, grind the gears find it till you grind it but for two weeks i have been thoroughly annoyed by rob gronkowski and his usaa commercials and I, have you seen these no i really don't watch a lot of tv oh good good so rob gronkowski appears to want and USAA membership. Unfortunately, USAA only gives memberships to our military forces or members of military families. If you had an account as a military person, your son can get it. Everybody can get it except for, you know, unless you're not military. Rob Gronkowski wants this. And there's little things in it that drives me crazy. He says, don't you love me, man, to a military guy? And the guy's like, sure. And he's like, don't you think I deserve a membership? No, no. Who are you? You're Rob Gronkowski. You never served. And there's another commercial where he tries to scam the lady on the phone, right? And she's like, well, you know, we only serve military people. That's what makes us special. And Rob Gronkowski's like, but I'm special. No, you're not. Like, how are we? Is there is there some way to equate like maybe a top 20 in history NFL tight end to anybody that actually served and fought and protected people from dying? Like, and should USAA even be putting him near the same level? And this is he says so for special, me. Is he is he implying that he's special in the way that's a slur to mentally diverse people? Like, there's so many things in these commercials 
no, Rob Gronkowski, you're not special because you. Can't. I think uh, I think uh, you have a very interesting analysis on, on it, and I have a very different analysis. Oh, cool! It. Help me ease um, my mind then, because it's driving me crazy. The idea that Rob Gronkowski came up with any of this script is let's let's start. That's with my that. problem. That's my problem is that military people are putting him on the same tier, even as a joke. With well, military and, and people. Well, so there's so there's that. There, there, that's issue number one. Issue number two is is that. You know, I think it's I think it's satire about that whole everybody thinks they're special, and especially when mm-hmm. it comes to accessing things for the military. But I'm special. But is he? Is it satire? Is my? Issue? It is. It is absolutely satire, and I think that it's absolutely satire. But it's directed at probably the group of people that we make fun of the most. The the, the elite, right? Not the elite. The people who are the people who think that they're special and are mm. like the one sixers privileged gotcha yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and the reality is 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 that I, I i see where they're going with it i don't think i like the the idea of where they went with it i don't either i think it's i think it's i think it's entertaining but i think it's little little a little questionable now okay yeah because i, I will do say tend this. to analyze commercials more than i should <laughs> i will i will say this this is that if you're looking for the benefits of a credit union, go find a credit union. You know, USAA is a great credit union. Mm-hmm. Navy uh, Federal just, is a great one too. Yeah, you, uh, is USAA a bank or a credit union? I know Navy Federal is a credit union. USAA, USAA is an insurance company, but I don't know if they do. They do banking. They do. Okay. They do banking and stuff like All that right. too. It's um, just, it made me feel like Rob Gronkowski thought he was more special than people, and like I see this this veteran who's from a war, which means he had people living and dying for him and around him and then for grant to go don't you love me aren't i equally as special just made me sick to my stomach and yeah maybe it was scripted but it wasn't scripted by any veteran and it wasn't nobody consulted rob gronkowski on how it might look you know (laughs) and then the other one am i well i'm special and he says it in this way and they portray him as kind of stupid and then so when he says i'm special the way it hit me was I'm mentally challenged and it just really made me irritated. Like, well, this is why I expect it because I'm, I'm, you know, mentally diverse. I'm, I'm challenged. I don't see things the way, and it just made me on so many levels. I just hate the commercials. I just, I I mean, I think, I think the commercial is questionable. Um, So no, USAA is not a credit union. They're, they're just a, they're, they're a banking service and uh, that has a variety of financial services uh, directed towards military members. And, Mm -hmm. and, so here's the thing with uh with commercials like this like i get it like i think the satire was is that you got a bunch of people who think that they're special they're not yeah the the idea the and and i don't think that it was had anything to do about anybody's mental faculties in any sense of the word i think it was more about the privilege side of things yeah i think the yeah rob gronkowski uh, has been cast to think he's special enough to have this membership Mm-hmm. and he's not because he's always also he's been famous, cast as stupid well and, and and i think that's what that's what's funny is is that rob gronkowski's not a dumb dude he just makes a lot of money off of acting like an idiot really kind of like it's kind of like paris hilton do you remember paris hilton back in the day yeah like, all of us were like oh my god this dumb fucking blonde doing all this stupid shit uh-huh she is not dumb Okay. She knew how to make her money off of making people think she was dumb. I would like that better, knowing that Gronk was in on the joke. 
I oh, think Grunk, that was my Grunk issue. Is, uh, Grunk's totally in on the joke. And and that's the thing is everybody thinks he's a meathead. That dude's got money left and right. Like when that mm-hmm. dude walked away from playing football, he did so knowing that he didn't have to do jack shit other than just fucking have fun. Right. But you can do that being an idiot too. Exactly. And 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 that's the thing is that people want to think he's a moron. Mm-hmm. And when he acts like a moron, people go, oh, gimme, 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 gimme. This is great because he's dumb meathead jock. I guarantee right. you he's all what what people don't realize about like the kind of people Tom Brady surrounds himself with. They're not stupid. And Tom Brady does a lot to make sure that the people he surrounds himself with aren't stupid. Okay. Um, I'll believe that. Like, for example, um, Tom Brady, uh, when it comes to rookies, he has a financial seminar that he does with all of the rookies that work under his, on his team. That's smart. To show them how, you know, yeah, sure, he's made a ton of money doing this, mm-hmm. but he's had a lot of time in the industry and watched a lot of people make some very quick bucks and go completely fucking broke. Oh, yeah. And so, like, he's trying to help set people up for life like he's not asking for investments he's like hey mm-hmm. i've been around this block a long time and i've gotten the chance to watch people make millions and go fucking broke this yeah. is how you avoid being another one of those statistics rob garnkowski is no different like okay. the dude is actually really fucking smart and he just knows how to play the dumb card because he has the look and he plays it really well and guess what? USAA paid him a lot of fucking money to act like a moron. That is smart. I think I think overall it's a bad look. I'm gonna it's a bad look. Bad. I think it's a bad look for USAA. Yes. Rob Gronkowski is capitalizing off of that. Mm-hmm. And and that's just it. Is, is that you know when Rob Gronkowski decides that he wants to do something serious, it's going to shock people because they're going to be like, wait, he's not an idiot hope so because that's he's, always he's actually he's actually like he's done some he's he's talked about football and he's done some football analysis and the dude's actually really smart it's just that like i said he knows how to make his money he basically took a page out of paris hilton's book paris hilton played up the dumb blonde oh my god yeah nicole richie too yeah they're fucking but 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 uh <clears throat> paris hilton is actually well, it's not just that the rich Paris Hilton's actually really fucking smart. She's mm-hmm. got some. She's got some solid degrees under her belt. Oh, and I on top of that, it. I don't doubt that. And 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 on top of that, she's also like really well rounded in her in her education and her experience. She knew how to make her own money, being quote unquote Paris Hilton. Oh mm-hmm. my god, that's hot. And for the longest time, I fucking hated that. And once Me again, too. Debbie, you know, was just like you know that was all an act right mm-hmm. and my brain stopped for a second and i went holy shit that makes sense yeah. and it took me a minute to really sit down and think about how this was all an act <laughs> she was getting fucking paid bank to act like a moron not not that she was a moron that's my, and that's when, you, my when i started reading Trump, by the way and when i started reading I was like, oh my God, she's actually insanely intelligent. This is just how, this is what she did to make her own money and not have daddy's money. Mm -hmm. She wanted to prove that she could make her own money. 
Yeah. No, I think I think she's cool for that. And then she just dropped out. I don't I don't think it yeah. I don't no, think she, we she dropped away in... from she yeah, she dropped away from the limelight because mm-hmm. she, she she had didn't what she needed. needed. She didn't need it anymore. Right. She was just like she's like, okay, I had my time, you know, in the spotlight. Fuck it. This is great. Let's go. But there's something there's something disturbing about a society where a woman feels she can make more money by demeaning herself than projecting her intelligence. So I could see where you had an issue with it originally, you know what I mean? But taking advantage of stupid people, uh, that's what America's about. Oh yeah. No, don't get me wrong. America is very good at taking advantage of people who either, you know, are, you know, either have issues with their mental faculties or, Mm -hmm. you know, are, are ignorant. And, and we're all about that. That's, there's no question about that. I I I, like, I don't have a problem with the way Donald Trump gets his money. I have a problem with his supporters then blaming me because they're broke. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, you're the ones handing over money, hand over fist. Right. Right. For a guy that does nothing for you. Like I said, Kentucky, 200 miles of tornado. Donald Trump didn't offer anything to those people he didn't go and hold a rally he didn't offer them free tickets or their money back but he did send an email saying hey supporters don't forget to give me money this month and so he's disgusting but if people want to follow that that's gross to me yeah and i mean like that's uh this is one of those things like i i I have problems with the way politicians visit um disaster areas it's a fucking photo op and, yeah, and it I takes hate resources away from where they need to be. Well, and, and oftentimes it's, you're not even actually doing anything. It's, it's kind of like right. the way that I, the way that I know how to describe it. The only way that I know how to describe it is like when you had all those celebrities go through poor areas of Africa, you know, they're dressed to the fucking nines and they're uh-huh. like, look at these poor people donate your money. And it's like, motherfucker, why aren't you fucking donating some money there? You got enough money to take care of that fucking city for a while. That's why right. are you Why are you telling me to donate my money? Where is your fucking mouth on this? Where's right. your fucking hand on this? So, yeah, to me, I don't like it. It's like, look, you know, you can definitely, you can definitely have a symbolic visit, but I also think that it's got to be something like if you're going to show up there as president, you should show up there in some fucking work boots and some jeans and a, yes. and a a shirt and fucking roll up your sleeves for an afternoon and yes. you know go talk with people go help move stuff or you know help get things out of the way i'm sure mm-hmm. this i'm sure uh i'm sure that the secret service would have a fucking field day being like oh this is dangerous it's like look you know what like even from my perspective as a montanan when shit hits the fan you go over there and you help and that's just all hands on deck yeah you know, it, it, I know that as president, he's not going to be able to clean up a fucking city in an entire day. That's just never going to be the reality. But doing something more than just like having a bunch of those, you know, protective resources be diverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that way he can stand in front of, so that way any president can stand in front of some blown out buildings by a tornado and be like, look at these poor people, you know, fucking go help them. Be like, look, yeah. you know what? The federal, the federal government will, you know, send you whatever you need in order to get disaster relief. And right. Well, let's go, let's go roll up our sleeves and let's go do an afternoon's worth of work. I I hammered Joe Biden after that visit. I was like, why are you not throwing the paper towel at them? Why are you not throwing a paper towel at them? You know, I mean, Trump did it. He was successful. Why is Joe Biden not doing that for the people of Kentucky? (laughs) He didn't like it. He didn't respond. The way that, the way that, (laughs) the way that I know how to describe it is Trump threw paper towels uh, at people (laughs) 
Democrats would probably grab a can of, a, a thing of Windex and start Windexing a blown out window on a house that's completely collapsed. Probably. But and Trump was only throwing paper towel because he ran out of soup cans. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like like there's so much that you can there's so much yeah. that you could do when you visit these locations that is actually helpful. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't care if it's literally standing there and fucking, you know, handing out hot coffee to people, like pouring yeah. people some hot, even just standing there pouring people fucking hot coffee. So that way they can feel a little bit of warmth and, and sit down and talk with you while you're handing out hot coffee. That would be more valuable than just standing there in front of blown out buildings saying, oh, these people are suffering and blah, blah, right. blah. Here's my having all of those fucking resources around you not helping. At least right. stand there and stand there in a the fucking dinner line and hand out dinner to people. You should, be, you should be tired when you're done is what you're saying. Like, if absolutely. You, if you can't accomplish the goal completely, you should be as tired as you could be at the end of your day. That's what absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Go, go put in and go, you know, go put in an actual day of service there. Mm-hmm. Not just a fucking photo op. I hate right. that shit. I think it is fucking gross because that's ultimately it gets used in, you know, I like, I guarantee you in about a, about I would say starting probably about June of 2023, uh, we're going to start seeing ads for Joe Biden and they're going to show him standing in front of these fucking blown out buildings and it's going to be bullshit. And that's, that's, it's, it's the MO of every politician. Let me that's see your, let me see your doctors ripped. Let me see your shirt stained. Let me see your hat full of sweat. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Fucking roll up your sleeves, fucking roll up your sleeves yeah. and do, I like, I don't care if you're, you know, I don't care if you're over there, like, you know, walking with a family as they're trying to find their belongings through the rubble, or if you're standing there, you know, and handing out blankets and emergency food and emergency water and hot coffee and, you know, just, you know, at least do something. Be tired at the end of your day. Yeah. Just do something like this is, you know, these are things that, you know, people have done time and time again, while not, Mm -hmm. uh, being a politician when you show up to these events actually help actually do something right i do like the response of kentucky like i'm not nailing anybody for that like no it was all hands on deck and i like exactly and uh, i I mean donald trump did nothing joe biden at least did something as president all i'm saying is that 40 percent of the country 40% of Republicans believe that Donald Trump is still president. If you believe he's still president, then why aren't you mad that he's not acting like a president? That's kind of my point on that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. But the the Rob Gronkowski thing kind of went along with our tennis star from the first hour discussion. I just split those topics up. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm, it was like, there's this, group of people that think they're special and for some reason we keep giving them attention like there's nothing we can do with them like they're a spoiled brat kid that we're just we've had enough with and then australia was like yeah no and it just was so refreshing to me to just be like no no we have a line and you're not going to cross it so those things were awesome to me and it's nice to know rob gronkowski because here's the thing i've always thought tom brady is awesome right he is like the goat he is an amazing quarterback, but be spending so long doing something that you're already great at makes him not great at so many other things that he isn't great. He's average. He's really good at one thing, and we're all good at one thing. He happens to be good at throwing a football, you know? But to hear that he actually financially plans and mentors people, that's what I like. 
Like there's some really good people in football, you know, mm-hmm. and they get a bad rap sometimes like the mm-hmm. John Gruden's of the world come swooping in and we think they're a backwards group of people, but there's a lot of good people. And to hear that oh. Tom Brady is a good person on top of being a good football player. That's what makes me happy. You yeah. Know? And, and, and I think, you know, and that's one of those things where the news has gotten so caught up in all of these negative stories and negative things like, look, don't yeah. get me wrong. You know, we do need pressure on people to look at CTE and the role of what's happening to football players oh, during yeah. and after the game. But we also need to see that there are good things that are in the works too. Like when Tom Brady's helping financially mentor people mm-hmm. into, into stability. So that way when the ride is over for them, whether it's, you know, after a year or five years or even 20, that they're on solid footing when they come out of the game. And that, you know, especially, you know, knowing that there's going to be people that are taking advantage of them after the fact or trying to take advantage of them after the fact. Mm -hmm. We we forget that they don't have, like they get their insurance through the company, just like anybody else. When they retire, they don't keep getting insurance from the league. Like they get representation from the players association and they might get a pension in some small way from that for using their likeness in the years and all that kind of stuff. But no, I lost my train of thought on that. It'd be, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be nice. If, it'd be nice if they, you know, like a kind of like how the, the, you know, the armed forces have their, their veterans mm-hmm. department. If the yeah. NFL had a, had a veterans thing for the, for, you know, for NFL vets, right. You know, cause, cause CTE is going to be a big issue for, for, current and former NFL players, their health is going to be important. And when you have that much money running through that industry, there's no reason why like for specialized care after that, especially like, especially revolving around CTE, right. You know, you're, you're going to need clinics. You're going to need care for that. You're going to need to help people like, especially people who are struggling, you know, when they're, when they're done with the industry and they've blown their money, financial planning, things like that. There's, there's, there's plenty of ways that the NFL can do better by the people that they're making money off of. They should generate an insurance company, the NFL IA, you know, and just because they could collect dues, you know, and just, wow, that would be so easy for them to do. And they need to offer insurance. It's the same thing with actors. If you notice, like, was who was it? I think it was Liam Neeson. I think he got sick. And then suddenly he was in like eight <laughs> movies because they're trying to give him so many movies so that he can collect the money you know what i mean like patrick swayze and his his pancreatic cancer it was like uh oh he's got to pay for treatments let's get him in some movies and pay him you know but it isn't like give him insurance you know right no it's so, yeah are they special one. no they're special for a short amount of time but then they're destitute and you can ask nicholas cage about that you know you can ask willie nelson about that uh, mc hammer <laughs> you know these are guys that had it all but didn't plan for their future. So I like that Tom Brady thinks about that. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Once uh, once a player gets $10 million, they're good. They're gone. They can they can live on the interest from $10 million. I learned that from ballers. You know? mm-hmm. That's what their goal. I saw a guy five years in the league tapped out. You know, he was like, he was like 24 years old. He's like, now nah, I got my 10 million. I'm done. People were mad at him. Andrew Luck, the same thing. He's like, I got plenty of money. I'm out of here, you know? Right. And, and that's the thing. And, and, and Andrew Luck said it best is like, it, who else is going to decide whether or not I walk off the field on my own two feet? Right. 
Yeah. You have to be accountable for your own life. I told somebody like it's a, it's a universe thing, but I, God is a, God is a word that I use for everything like real um, universe and everything. And I always say, you're not going to be able to walk up to God and say, it's his fault. You know, like you made your own decisions. And so I respect anybody that does that, honestly, mm -hmm. honestly. And once you make your own decision for people in the future, because a lot of people are in co dependent relationships and never make a decision without validation from a partner. Once you make your own decisions, it's real hard to go back and mm -hmm. ask people for advice. My roommate's doing that right now. He's like, I like this job, but nobody really thinks I should have, they don't want me to quit, but they think I should have a better, I'm like, it's your life. They don't have to come down here and pay your bills, you know, do what you want to do. You know, Right. Right. And he loves his making his own decisions now. He's not asking 14 people what he should do. He's just like, this is what I'm going to do. And he does it and it works. Mm -hmm. mm, I love that. You have any predictions for football? Playoffs nah. are coming. Playoffs are coming. Oh, I you really don't have a, you don't have a team in the in the race anymore, do you? Um, I mean, I think that it's you know NF. I think the NFC is going to be the Bucks. Um, AFC is an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting race. I think. Yeah. I think it could be Bucks Patriots for the yeah. Super Bowl. A crush Derrick Henry is going to be out there though. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. <sighs> So I think I think that could be a really interesting one, especially if if uh, you know Tom Brady, who's been on the receiving end of being beaten as a Patriots quarterback, goes out and beats the Patriots as an NFC quarterback. I think that would, would be that. hilarious. If he can get I, I past Philadelphia, yeah, right. Yeah, I think that would be hilarious. Um, that's Ooh. I think that's that's going to be my prediction. I mean, we all know that we all know that Tom Brady is a solid, solid quarterback, especially in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. It's rare to watch them lose out. And yeah, you know what? They haven't exactly had the prettiest seasons, but they've had good seasons. When he lost, it was because players were on COVID and injured. Like he didn't have right. anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, even in the past, you know, when he was playing for the Patriots and, and when the Patriots lost out, he was missing assets left and right. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's been the key is, is that when, when he's missing assets, that's when he struggles. Right. So I, I, I honestly think though, that, um, I honestly think that, uh, you know, as, as long as he's got a healthy bunch of assets, he'll do well, but that'll be tough. I think it'll be really tough. I didn't want to root for the Cardinals. <laughs> be nice to see the Cardinals <laughs> get back to the Super Bowl for a change. Yeah. I um, think if Hopkins is healthy, that that quarterback, uh, Kyle, what's his name? Murray. Kyle Murray. Kyler. Kyle. Kyler. Kyle Murray. Kyle. I I mean I think he's really great. Like. Oh yeah, like you know? it's it's been nice to see the Cardinals not be a laughing stock. Yeah. I mean I'm so I I grew up used to the Cardinals just being a fucking joke. Me too. You know, there's there's certain teams that I'm used. There were certain teams that I was used to just them being a fucking joke. The Cardinals were one. The Browns were the other. Bears, right? Man, it's it's been weird seeing the Lions be a joke, because like yeah. you know, I grew up with the Barry Sanders era of the Lions. Sure, they uh -huh. they never really did anything, but they were better than this. Man, I was at a game trash talking uh, Barry Sanders, and all of a sudden I got tapped on the on the shoulder. His whole family was behind me. <laughs> what a dick. So I got to hang out with Barry Sanders' family. It was really kind of cool. I got to meet him, you know, for like a minute before they before they all left it. 
Uh, yeah, he was a, he was great. But I always said Aaron Rodgers sucks because of the division he's in. Yeah, you can win against a bunch of crappy teams, but you can't win against it. Uh, sorry, that's my Aaron uh, Rodgers rant. I don't like him. <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers has done plenty to make himself an unlikable character. And none of us have picked. No, none of us have picked him, and they have home field advantage. Like everybody has, the NFC has to go through Green Green Bay, and that's tough. Oh yeah, going to Green Bay is tough, but. Um, you know, that's just it though, is, is that uh, Aaron Rodgers has not, Aaron Rodgers has not been that solid for a long time. I mean, 2010 was their Super Bowl run. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't think that that's going to be all that great for them. I think it's a lot of offense and not a lot of defense, kind of like Dallas, like Dallas is misfiring on their offense, but their defense is like not that good in the secondary and i think the same thing about green bay and their to- the overall defense but honestly it's like a crap shoot like how do you say covid doesn't exist but then have to watch a game where 50 players are on the covid list like any team can win if a covid storm hits how do you handle that as a co- how would you handle that as a coach do you make them isolate do you get them tested make sure they're negative and then keep them isolated there's, I mean, that's the How thing. How do you is not like, protect DeAndre Hopkins? How do you let that guy get COVID? You know, there's, I think there's literally next to no way that you're going to keep those people. Cause you have to remember it's, you know, you've got all of these people that are going out home to their, their families, their yeah. families are all going out to go do whatever. Right. Like, especially if you got kids in school right now, like the reality is, is that, you know, if COVID's coming home, it's most likely coming home with a kid. Or if you work in a service industry, you know, if you have a family member that works in a service industry, it's kind of, it's probably going to come home with them. And so, you know, what are you going to do? Pay the entire family to isolate. So that way you don't have to worry about your player being gone. They're never going to do that. Good point. Better to get COVID. So you don't have it the rest of the season right better to get vaccinated and then get covid and and then you don't have to worry about it hopefully for the rest of the season yeah so what about it to antonio brown <laughs> can we just I, that? I mean he had the fake vaccine card which are now illegal in the state of new york but it's like what happened what did he do and oh my god is he ripped <laughs> i you know that is one thing where I've seen a bunch of people say, if there was ever a living case of CTE that you should be looking at, it's probably Antonio Brown. Because mm. I, w- I want to say that, you know, that he took a really hard hit one year. And I, I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, he was playing for Pittsburgh. He took a really bad hit one year. And a lot of people said he wasn't the same after that. Mm. He knocked, got so, knocked out, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, I remember that. It was, it was bad. And I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, so my hope is, is that when it comes to Antonio Brown, I know that the NFL, the NFL has been willing to write off a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And for both Antonio Brown's sake and the NFL's sake, I really think that the two of them need to sit down and work out a relationship where they try and do everything that they can for him because I, I, from all accounts that I have heard and read, it sounds like after that concussion he got in Pittsburgh, he completely changed mentally. And I think that there's something there and that they need to, they need to really sit down and they need to look at his brain uh, as while he's alive to hopefully figure out something and start to figure out something before it takes him or anybody else with it. 
just depending on because we've we've watched that play out time and again with cte where you have players who kill themselves or players who kill their family or things yeah. like that and and i mean that's why I, that's why i really struggle right now to watch and support football is is that this cte issue is huge especially as somebody who's had a concussion as a kid mm-hmm. you know, playing football they, like I said, there are times where I get headaches and it feels exactly like the concussion that I had. Yeah. Like I know there's something there. Like I, 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 because I, I feel its impacts still yeah. to this day. They don't go away. They just become manageable. Right. And so, luckily, like those headaches are very few and very far between. Yeah. But for somebody, and I quit playing football when I was 16 after that concussion because it hurts so much and I kept having issues. So Mm -hmm. to me, like the idea that, you know, you've got players who not only played high school, but then played college. And then, you know, they have these careers where every step of the way, you know, the hits get, the hits get harder and tougher and more frequent, Mm -hmm. you know, to me that there, there's such a huge issue there that there needs to be more done other than acknowledging it. And other than just, trying to update the equipment you know right. for example you know, a buddy of mine is in the military and you know being a being around the stuff that he was he had tbi and he had to go through tbi clinics in order to get himself back you know from, from, from what he said you know he's got himself back mostly and and i really think that that's got to be something that uh that the football world needs to really seriously look into like if you're going to keep uh, players around especially if you want them to be long haul players, you're going to have to figure out something in order to keep them from, you know, ending up in, in really bad places. Yeah. I saw a guy get hit in the ear hole with an elbow as another guy passed him 15 yard penalty, but that was the quarterback that got hit. That wasn't a lineman getting knocked around. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't like the company line of, I hope he gets the help he needs. He must be in mental distress. Like it really bugged me that like, everybody was saying that I, they could have just wished him the best. And, you know, so tagging him with mental illness seems like they were trying to diminish his, um, his, I don't diminish who, what somebody else was getting, you know, like if he went to another yeah. team, they were saying you're getting a basket case. And I just didn't, I didn't like that. Cause like you're saying, there's a reason for it and 99% chance that it happened on the field. And, and that's, you shouldn't that's, disparage a guy that is ahead of you in being dismembered. You know what I mean? Public Access America. It's always funny because, like, you know, especially because as you know, libertarians, we get a ton of shit, even amongst other libertarians. I think political philosophy is a lot like religion and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying. The main, the main focus is it's like less dependence on the government because, well... We've seen how that's gone. And you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way. You know, more dependence on connections with each other. But you can always bring it back to what would one human do for another? What would a hundred do for a hundred? People looking out for people. Find Public Access America anywhere you find your favorite podcast every Sunday and Thursday. And join the chat on YouTube at Public Access America every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Communities looking out for community. Public Access America. History in the making, making history in the making, in the making, in the making, in the making, in the making. Well, and that's and that's where it's like, 
but that's been the typical MO when it comes to severe yeah. issues like this is you kick the can down the road for mm-hmm. somebody else to deal with. And, and I think, unfortunately, for Antonio Brown, this was his last time down the road. You know, Tom Brady was Tom Brady was the one who pushed to, you know, have someone take a chance on Antonio Brown, given all the yeah. issues that he's had off the field. Why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? He's I mean, awesome. He was, a, he was a great receiver. There's no question about it. But I don't, you know, there's I don't think that there's going to be anybody else that's willing to take that chance anymore. Yeah. And, you know, essentially what that has done is it's not just kicked his career down the field. It's also kicked you know, the issues that he's going to potentially have. And like I said, you know, my hope is, is that they actually address the issues, the real issues. And that, that was a really shitty thing to put out there. It really was like, I, I I just, the way, don't just hope, don't just hope that he gets the help that he needs. Right. Fucking work with the NFL, work with the NFL PA, work with the teams in order to get the help that all of these players need, yeah. not just not just Antonio Brown. And don't air somebody's dirty laundry that way. It's easier to say, I wish him the best. He's a great guy. You don't have to go into detail about what you, as a quarterback and not a physician, think the issue is. You know, it's just, sorry. Bruce Arians was like, I, gave, I didn't want to give him a chance. I gave him a chance. He's gone. And I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> you, know? you know and that was and that's just it you know bruce arians is he's got a team that's competing for a super bowl again mm-hmm. he's gotta he's gotta do what he's gotta do in order to get them there yeah but so, I'll, finish, I'll finish by saying if aaron Rodgers is the mvp of of football this year i will i don't think i can watch football anymore because i don't think a vaccine denier deserves the right of being held to a high high standard like that a, a liar not even just a right. liar a liar exactly like i'm vaccinated you know i'm i'm immune to no yeah. you're not no no you're not and guess what you got fucking covid yep so Clear, I just, clearly you're not i think that took him out of the running of somebody special and i think there's so many good people it diminishes them by saying like you know baker mayfield seems like a really great guy you know what I mean? Uh, Garner Minshew, that dude is awesome. Like you were saying, the guy in Arizona, awesome yep. people. Like even Russell Wilson, awesome guy, happy, you know, positive kind of guy. They're not the leaders, but like I think Ben Roethlisberger is more of a uh, most valuable player this year. Mm-hmm. And he he isn't. <laughs> He's yeah. better than Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think this know. is. I, I I think I would rather be a Rob Gronkowski and everybody think I was an idiot mm-hmm. than to be an Aaron Rodgers and have all doubt removed. <laughs> to open your mouth and remove all doubt. You know, and that's and that's the difference is is that, you know, everybody, you know, people looked up to Aaron Rodgers for all the right reasons for a long time. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he let all of that get to his head. Rob yeah. Gronkowski's been like, fuck it, everybody thinks I'm dumb. I'm gonna let them think I'm dumb. I like that. I only know it because of a family guy episode. Otherwise I wouldn't know anything about the guy one way or another. You know what I mean? Until these commercials just annoys me. Well, I'm special. Shut up. Like, Oh my God, there was a different way to read that line. You know, (laughs) there was or not have it in there altogether. But you telling me it's purpose purposeful makes me happy. And you know, if you get a chance, watch, um, the dark side of the ring, because there's an episode with Chris Benoit, he attacks his family, but he used to do headbutts from jumping on the ropes and then just hitting people with his head. And, and yeah, he had, he had CT, CT. So, yep, he did. So, 
those are amazing stories, man. It, they really like Jake the Snake had a, like an, a pedophile I, dad, and it's like God. The, the, that his documentary is a rough watch. Yes. God damn, his documentary is a rough a rough watch, but God, is it so good? And then you see him in other episodes, you know, and it's just like he's there going, I had a chance to be tag team champion with the ultimate warrior, but the guy was such a douche, I never got my shot. You know, it's like, oh my God, Jake, you had such a such a sad life. And then oh you <laughs> I know just what wanted I, to hug the guy. <laughs> he was been, my hero in the eighties, you know. There's there's been a lot of those old wrestlers that, you know, they've really come back from some crazy shit. Yeah. Iron Sheik has been really he's he's really come back. Yeah. Yeah. He's apparently he's a big thing on Twitter. Okay. You know. Um, but he really struggled for a long time and and Sheiky Baby is back. Uh you know, but cool. he's, he's, he's very much living that, you know, he, he has embraced what he was in the ring mm-hmm. and, but put it into the Twitter verse. And it's apparently re- it's pretty popular. Yeah. To realize so, these guys actually, I mean, you used to think it was this fake acting gig, but it isn't, it's so much more than that. It's like a, a community of people vowing uh, secrecy to entertain people and behind the scenes, what they gave up for their art. And it's just, I have a different appreciation for these guys. Oh, you know, know, and that was the thing about like the eighties. I mean, it was a wild time for wrestling and all of these fucking personas were just over the top. Like there was, there was just something magical about that time in wrestling simply because it was like it, they didn't try to go on, on the, on the this is real side of the realm like this shit was crazy like you know Mm -hmm. the undertaker getting power from a fucking funeral urn like this is over the top 80s stuff and it's fucking magical and i get why they had to go away from it because you know that 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 stuff worked for the 80s but still Mm -hmm. some of that just lives on for me simply because it was so over the top yeah when racho when macho man and elizabeth are like the nurturing couple in the group <laughs> you have a radical group you know right oh man that stuff is just amazing to me i love learning about people that way so i don't know yeah give that i sounds like you've seen a couple episodes i like it oh yeah no i i loved watching some of those old ones um you know diamond dallas page that's another one oh, where yeah, he's yeah. where he's he's actively been working to help rehabilitate old old some of the old wrestlers that's you know to cool. get them off of the you know to get them off the drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. and get them back to moving around and having a life you know that's been really wild to see like especially with yeah. his you know what he's been doing there and the Owen Hart story was just, it's another one that was real hard to watch for me. Jesus, that one was a heartbreaker. Yeah. Mm. But to find out they're human, that's kind of cool. That's kind of yep. cool to me. So, Anything you recommend? What should we do in, in, in preparation for next week? Holy cow, Jeffrey. What? Sorry. So I put out, a, I found a Twitter handle. I'm not going to tell everybody the tag because it's getting results. But I, I asked for informed voices. And I got a lady that is studying food insecurity in New York City, and she's nice. desperate, desperate to be on. And we're going to—that'd be a fun one. We're going to have that'll... a pre-interview with her this week, so she might be on next week. And that'll be fun. Another, another person that's trying to evolutionize and revolutionize education, and Ooh. they're an award winner. And I can't wait. I just can't wait for the people that are going to be on the show this year. Ooh, Honest. that'll be fun. But we are going to tackle food insecurity in a major way because I know you told me that a couple months ago, 
that, mm-hmm. that was something you wanted to focus on. And we really haven't, but I've been working my mind around how to grab onto it. You know what I mean? Right. You know, how do you, how do we, how do we get this to be more of a forefront, especially yeah. in a, there's in no a place like reason this. people should go hungry. There's no reason that somebody can't walk into a store and get food or just have food available in their fridge in America. There's no reason for that. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. A homeless person can go into Publix and Publix will feed them. So the fact that anybody has food insecurity is a real issue. That means they don't have a, a compassionate store around them. So, right. Uh, so what should we do to prepare for next week? How about that? Ooh, what should we do to prepare for next week? I recommend uh, pureed hot dogs. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love yeah. that. Um, you know, honestly, like when it comes down to preparing for, for any week, you know, take some time for you. Think yeah. about think about, you know, don't necessarily think about work. Just think about what you need to tackle in your life. Mm-hmm. What do you need to find peace on? What do you need to do for you in order to, you know, hopefully relax and, you know, get yourself into a good headspace to try and work through the week. You know, for mm-hmm. me, it's, it's always busy and like, especially like, going through the first year there's a bunch of stuff that i'm always like like i'm in a very busy season for myself you know but at the same time you know like making sure that i separate myself from work so that way i'm not sitting there trying to you know i'm not constantly working my brain do something that gives your brain a break like that you don't have to pick a path there's plenty of paths to pick so i'm just gonna say if you want to be successful in a week, start today and you'll be more closer to where you want to be than you are right now. So, yeah. Other than that, thank you for listening to Public Access America. He's been Jeffrey. I've been Jason. And that's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> to those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and a yielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit moving forward how much you can take and keep moving forward that's how winning is done welcome welcome to public access america America. yes we can sunday live streams on youtube i wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad on twitter Twitter. apple podcast stitcher Stitcher, smart radio Radio public and spotify yes we can Public Access Public America. Access history, America. In history in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.